Sing this out, you know it. Higher, higher than the mountains that I face. You can keep on going if you want. It's okay. Stronger than the power of the grave. Come on, constant, constant in the trial and the change. One thing remains. One thing. Come on, let's lift this up to him. You love, you love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. You love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. You love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me.
fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Let's sing it out. Come on. He never gives up on us. He never gives up. presence there's freedom there's hope there's love there's peace there's strength you just have to rely on him and give it all to him let's sing this out in your presence in your presence there is freedom in your presence there is hope in your presence there is
so much for your amazing truth. God, thank you so much that tonight are, is, is a night that we just dedicate we dedicate to you, and I thank you so much that you speak a truth that changes our lives forever. Father, thank you so much that you're alive, that you care for us, and thank you so much that we have just an amazing privilege of entering into your presence, of understanding who you are, and being able to sing to you. God, you're just so good, and I thank you for giving everything for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you give us a second here? Why don't you shake somebody's hand you never met, and you guys can have a seat. Thanks. So what's up, 19 North? How's everybody tonight? Is everybody all right? You guys in a chilled mood? What's going on? Huh? What's going on? Um, we have a really, really, really good night for you tonight. My good friend Doug Bubba Smith is in the house. Anybody ever meet Doug or Bubba before? What do you call him? What do you call him, Doug or Bubba? Okay, all right, all right. Well, I re- uh, yeah, okay. We won't go into that. But, um, yeah, he's here tonight, guys. We just, we just want, I, I'm Zach. I'm the pastor of 19 North. Thank you so much for coming. Doug is with us tonight. It's going to be a really, really great night. Um, I just want us to give a very, very warm welcome to him right now, if that's okay with you. Come on out here, Dougie boy. <laughs> so, Doug and I have been very, very, very close friends for, uh, I think it's been since 2006 we met. We were both a bunch of uh, two chumps, man. We were two chumps going, serving at a youth camp together. I can't tell you what Doug was doing at the time. That was, yeah, that was so much fun. David Phillips could. Uh, yeah, David Phillips could. That would be awesome. So anyways, uh, yeah, maybe we can get into that another day in our guys <laughs> talks, okay? But man, we had so much fun together. We interned, we served together, and we were on staff together here uh, at, at the church as well. Doug in, is a brother to me, one of my very, very best friends. So man, I'm just so excited for the word that God has put in his heart. Um, let's do something real quick. Let's all pray. That, that we get everything that, that God has for us tonight. God, thank you so much for the call and the anointing that is on Doug's life. God, we just speak 
life and blessing into him. Father, I thank you so much that, for the word that you've given him tonight. We purpose with all of our hearts to get everything that you have for us tonight. God, I pray that you use him to speak truths into our heart, and our lives will never, ever be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give Doug a hand. Come on. Yeah. Great. I only said David Phelps because he wanted a shout-out, so I had to think of a way to get it in. But uh, how's everyone doing tonight? You guys doing good? I haven't been to 19 North in two years, so this is really, really exciting. It's, it's awesome to hear about what God's doing in the ministry. Um, a little bit about me. I'm 28 years old now, um, which is crazy. I brought my beautiful wife with me. You don't want to stand up. Laura doesn't like to stand up, but she's awesome. She's proof that there's a God. Uh, if you're an atheist in the house, you can meet my wife afterwards, and you'll instantly be converted. So, uh, so it's just awesome. But um, I work at Light of Life Rescue Mission on the north side, so... If you're not familiar with them, we help the homeless, needy, addicted, broken, and abused. And uh, it's an awesome ministry to be a part of. It's certainly interesting. I'm learning a lot uh, just about serving, quote-unquote, the least of these. And uh, I encourage you, if you ever want to come check it out, uh, come serve a meal or come get involved in any capacity. We would love for you to come volunteer. Uh, And if not there, serve at 19 North, right? There's a plug. Uh, And that's it. That's all you need to know about me. Uh, I'm excited to be here again. Um, Zach asked me to speak about God's will, and I'm really fired up about the message God put on my heart. Uh, And before I start, I always like to start with a funny story. And Laura always complains to my story, or she doesn't complain, she critiques that my stories are too long, because they are. They take like 20 minutes, and then I start preaching. And, you know, I'm like, well, none of that 20 minutes counted, right? Because I was just telling a funny story. So I'm trying to think of ways to do it shorter. So I'm not going to share a funny story about my life tonight. But I do have a funny joke. You guys want to hear a good joke? Now, I have to preface this. Like, I hate when people spoil movies. So if you know that the, this joke, do not ruin it for anyone. Don't shout out the answer. I'll punch you in the throat. Uh, but, all right, here it is. Here it is. Ready? What is E.T. short for? I heard one say extraterrestrial. Because he has small legs. What's up? <laughs> all right, all right. That didn't, <laughs> Laura's like, no one's going to think it's funny. But I don't care. I think it's funny. And then I'll just throw a follow-up. All right, what were toilet? Or <laughs> I keep messing this up. What were Tigger and, and uh, I said Miss Piggy in the youth service. What were Tigger and Piglet looking for in the toilet? They were looking for poo. All right. I should just stick with stories. See? Blame Laura. <laughs> I just tease it. Uh, hey, let's pray tonight before we get in the Word. Father, thank you so much for this time together, Lord. I thank you for 19 North and what you're doing in and through this ministry, Lord, and in and through the people here. Um, Lord, we just give you all authority to do what you want to do tonight, Father. I just pray that you speak to people's hearts exactly what they need to hear, Lord. Uh, Lord, take people on rabbit trails. You know everybody's need. You know exactly what they're coming here searching for, Father God, and what questions they have. I just pray that you would answer questions that people have been asking for a long time, and really that you would just manifest yourself. Speak through me tonight, and uh, just be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I want to talk to you about uh, God's will. And before I do, I I do want to share this. I I didn't share it with the youth, but um, man, it's just something that's been burning in my heart for a while. There was a man in 1965 named Sam Shoemaker, and he, he was a, I don't know if he was a priest or pastor, to be honest with you, but basically he would get pastors together and business leaders together on top of Mount Washington. Uh, I don't know if it was once a week, once a month, whatever, but they would pray over the city of Pittsburgh. And, uh, and one day he was up there with two or three leader, uh, Christian leaders in Pittsburgh, and he got a word from God on his heart about the city of Pittsburgh that one day Pittsburgh would be a spiritual power plant for the entire U.S., and that, that God would do something unbelievable here. And one day that the city of Pittsburgh would be more famous for God than it was for steel. Or today, I'd, you'd probably say the Steelers. And, and man, I believe in that vision, and I love that. And I believe that's from God. And I don't know about you, uh, you know, I used to be on staff here. And, um, you know, it's cool when you go to a church because you see how God is moving in and through that church. And since I've been on staff at Light of Life, it was really interesting. I was a volunteer coordinator uh, for a year, and now I'm in, in fundraising. And so I get to go all over the city of Pittsburgh, northeast, south, and west, and meet with pastors and leaders, and, and it's really a really cool job. But my favorite part about it is I really get a feel and a sense for what God's doing all over the city. You know, I see what God's doing at South Hills Bible Chapel in this church, and this church, and this church in the east. And guys, I'm here to tell you, you can ask Zach, or if you talk to pastors in the city, God is moving in Pittsburgh. Do you guys know that? Guys, it's awesome. 
And, and I truly believe that we're all called to help bring that vision uh, to pass, right? 19 North has a part in the story that God is trying to write in Pittsburgh, or is writing in Pittsburgh. God, 19 North has a part, and you have a part. And listen, it's not just Zach or the worship team or the people that are on stage that have a part. Listen, you guys are the ones that go out and infiltrate the city in every area all throughout the year, every day of the week. And that's what I'm ultimately going to be talking to you about today, is how, how do you live out God's will in everyday life? Because the reality is ministry isn't just on Saturday nights when someone's up here speaking or we're leading, or leading worship. Ministry can happen in your office. Ministry can happen in your schools, in your classrooms, in, in the office. You can make a difference in the company you're at, and that's God's will for your life. And so I just want to encourage you and get that vision in your heart to, hey, let's make this, let's make the city all that God called it to be. And let's make it a city known for God and not for steel and not for the Steelers and not for the Penguins, but a city known that, hey, if you go to Pittsburgh, you're going to experience God. Guys, you have a part to play in that, and I just want to get you fired up about that. So God's will, right? God's will. And, and there's two, thing, two aspects of God's will. There's God's general will, and then there's God's specific will. God's general will is found in the Bible, right? The Ten Commandments, etc. How we live, the Word of God is God's will on how we should live, right? It's an instruction manual. That's God's general will. It's revealed to everybody. We all need to live according to the Word of God. And then there's the specific will of God, who you should marry, where you should go to school, where you should work, um, etc. Those are things you're not going to find in the Bible, right? I didn't open up to the book of Job and see, like, you're going to marry Laura one day. Okay, that never happened. Uh, you won't find the specific will of God for your life in the Word of God. And so that's the will of God I want to focus on. So I don't want to focus on God's general will, but how do, you, how do you figure out God's specific will for your life? You know, questions that are, have come up over and over again for 20-somethings, for teenagers, and even for 30-somethings uh, are this. I hear these all the time. Well, what's God's will for my life? What am I called to do? Why am I in the season of life I'm in now? How long am I going to be in this season? When am I going to make a real impact for Christ? Uh, who am I supposed to marry? How come it seems like everyone else is being used by God, but I'm not, even though I have these desires to be used by God in my heart? Does anyone ever struggle with questions like that other than me? Right? I don't, I don't think I'm alone. Uh, and I want to talk to you. I want to answer those questions. And the, and the simple answer, which we hear every week and we know in our hearts, but, but we don't always act on, is, is Matthew 6.33, right? It's, it's my life verse. Seek first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first. What's our job in that verse? You guys can shout out. Seek him, right? Our job, our only job in that verse is to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. What's God's job in that verse? To take care of the rest. Boom. I like your beard and your hair. <laughs> you should play Jesus in a play. I don't know. Sorry. I just think it's awesome. Uh, I don't even remember what you said now. No. <laughs> God's job is to take care of the rest, right? Our only job is to seek him. God will take care of the rest. So with all of these questions, what's God's will for my life? Who am I supposed to marry? What am I supposed to be doing? How come I'm not making the impact I think I'm supposed to be making? None of that should concern you. Your only concern, your only job in your walk with God is to seek him first in everyday life. Period. And that's the end of my sermon. Let's pray. <laughs> it should be, right? But I, I, I'll unpack that a little bit. Because the reality is the answer to a thousand one questions is, is be led or seek God. If you're seeking God in everyday life, he'll slowly reveal those things to you. But I do, like I said, I do want to unpack that a little bit more tonight. Uh, the scripture I want you to, to, I encourage you to take notes, but the scripture I want you to write down, maybe memorize, keep it with you, is Proverbs 20, 24. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, Proverbs 20, 24. And God's been teaching me a lot about his, his specific will this past year, and I hope that uh, this encourages you. I'm basically just teaching what God's been teaching me for the past year. But this verse came up, Proverbs 20, 24. The Lord directs our steps... So why try to understand everything along the way? The Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? Now again, this, this verse assumes that you're following God, right? If you're following God, God promises to direct your steps. So one, you actually have to choose to live for God. If you're not choosing to live for God, then this, this won't apply to you. God won't direct your steps if you're not living for him, if you're walking away from him or don't have a relationship. 
So the Lord directs our steps. If you're seeking him, he will direct you. But why try to figure out everything on the way? Has anyone ever, I mean, do you ever sit there and try to figure out why you are where you are and what God's will is for your life and just drive yourself nuts? You get anxious, you get fear comes upon you, worry, stress, and you just freak out. And, and some of the best advice I ever received, Pastor John, when we were in our early 20s, he used to tell us this, and I'd encourage you to write this statement down. He said, never put a period where God puts a comma. Let me repeat that. Never put a period where God puts a comma. And you might ask, what does that mean? Well, in, in my situation, just in my life, I thought, I mean, I thought the will of God for my life, I got saved, when, or I rededicated my life when I was 18 and got involved with youth ministry. So, I started interning here and, and ended up on staff, and I thought, okay, in my mind, I'm going to be a youth pastor, and then I'm going to be a senior pastor, maybe a church planner, who knows. But I know I'm, that's going to be the, the path of my life. That's the will of God for my life. And Pastor John would always say, no, 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 don't do that. Don't say, I'm going to be this, or I'm going to be that, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. Why? Because you box God in. What if God doesn't want me to be a youth pastor or a senior pastor? If I'm so focused on what I think God has for me, I might miss out on what God has for me. Never put a period where God puts a comma, right? The Lord will direct your steps, but don't try to figure out everything on the way. Just let him, let growth be organic. Let God do what he wants to do. Just follow him. Seek him first, and he'll take care of everything else. Again, this whole message, really, if you just had to sum it up, would just be like, trust God. And a statement that Mark Batterson made that I love, that, that gave me a piece at least, was this, that God wants you to get where God wants you to go more than you want to get where God wants you to go. I know that's a little bit of a tongue twister, but God wants you to get where God wants you to go more than you want to get where God wants you to go. If I asked every single one of you, do you want to marry the person God has for you? Do you want to do what God called you to do in life? Everyone would say yes. But do you know that as much as you want to do God's will for your life, God wants you to? He wants it even more for you. And we can rest in that. God wants us to get, he knows exactly how to get us there, how he wants to get us there, what we need to get there. And if we'll just trust him, he'll get us there. Rest in the fact that God cares more about you than you care about yourself. I want to unpack this through the story of Joseph. How many of you guys have seen maybe the Prince of Egypt Joseph in the technicolor coat. Is, is that right? I tried to get it right. Is that right? Dream coat. There we go. Has anyone been in that? I asked. My man right here. Did you play Joseph? <laughs> Come up here. You're Joseph in the story. Seriously. Are you all right with that? I'm not going to embarrass you? Awesome. Is that all right? <laughs> you hear all those girls scream? Or, never mind. <laughs> Now I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> All right, we're going to unpack the life of Joseph. This is Joseph. And uh, again, I'm not going to, we don't have time to go through every chapter and, and all the story. So I'm going to try to give the best summary that I can of Joseph's life. But basically, Joseph was a dreamer. You can act it out. I'll just, why don't I stand over here and be like James Earl Jones and just narrate? Seriously. All right. <laughs> I need my notes because I might not remember the story. No. All right, Joseph was a dreamer, and, uh, and basically he had all these brothers, and he was the youngest of the brothers, and he had a dream that one day he, his brothers would bow down to him. <laughs> and he was really fired up, right? He felt like God put this vision in his heart that one day his brothers would bow to him. And so he was so excited about the vision that God gave him for his life that he actually went out and told all of his brothers that one day they were going to bow to him. So... <laughs> So his brothers were like, look at this guy. He's so arrogant. There's no way we'd ever bow to this. Uh, and so they sold him into slavery. And so now he's a slave. But he, when, so <laughs> he's a slave, and, and basically he gets unchained because he has to do work. Or maybe he was still chained doing work. <laughs> do work. There you go. So he, he did the work that he was supposed to do as a slave. Right? He, he was faithful as a slave. And actually, the Bible says that God was with him even as he was a slave, and God gave him favor. And he ended up being second in charge and Potiphar's personal assistant. Pretty good, right? Good job, Joseph. So he was Potiphar's personal assistant. Now, 
because he was Potiphar's assistant, that created some visibility for him, right? He was in front of people a lot. And, uh, you know, just as we heard the girl scream when he came on stage, Potiphar's wife screamed when she would see him work in the, in the forest. <laughs> right? <laughs> Potiphar's wife thought Joseph was hot. Can you, like, take off that green shirt? No. <laughs> But she, yeah, okay, we'll go there, I got you. So Joseph's wife thought he was hot, so jo- er, <laughs> Joseph's wife. Potiphar's wife dug Joseph, and she wanted him. And so she actually tried to, to force herself upon him and tried to have sexual relations <laughs> with him. And so Joseph didn't want anything to do with it. So the Bible actually says that Joseph ran away from Potiphar's wife. And as he did, <laughs> she said, hey, if I can't get him, I'm at least going to see him naked. So she, like... She took his clothes, and he ran away nude, right? Naked. That's as nude as I want you. Yeah. So, so Potiphar gets so upset because she's never been rejected in her life. And so she goes to Potiphar, and she's like, hey, Joseph tried to force himself on me. What are you going to do about this? And so Potiphar throws, gets Joseph thrown into prison. Now, I I do want you to think about this, though. Okay, so God gives Joseph this dream, and and he's all fired up about it, right? How many of you guys have a dream in your heart that you're pretty fired up about? Right? It was the same thing with Joseph. And when we're young, we get excited about what God could do through us and in us, and uh, we get so fired up, and we want to tell everyone like Joseph did. So all of a sudden, he's like, God's going to use me in huge ways, and then he gets sold into slavery. This is very good being still. But he gets sold into slavery, and I, I can't imagine how much disappointment he must have felt, right? Because he was all excited, and then all of a sudden, he has this huge dream, and it just seems like the dream dies. And he's a slave, and it's like, okay, how am I ever going to, how is this ever going to come to pass? So then God starts giving him favor, and he starts coming up, and he ends up being Potiphar's assistant. And probably he got that hope in his heart that, hey, maybe there's still hope that this dream can come to pass. And then he finally starts getting excited and starts making some progress in life. And all of a sudden, this happens, and he gets thrown into prison again, and his dream dies. And I, I can't imagine the disappointment he must have found. He's like, i got to start all over. I was second. This isn't fair, God. Why am I in the season I'm in? Why is this happening to me? You put this dream in my heart. Why is this happening? So regardless, though, the Bible continually says that God was with Joseph and gave him favor. So even when he was in prison, he always did something he didn't just quit or, quiet or whine or anything like that. He did something with what was right in front of him. And so he comes back to life in prison, and he starts, He does well in prison. Now, I don't know everything he did. He probably mopped and, and took care of everything. But, again, God gives him favor, and he ends up being put in charge of the entire prison. So, again, he must have been a pretty good leader. He be, gets put in charge of prison, and then uh, I need two volunteers. I don't even No, I don't. I'm just, I'm just going to waste time if I keep doing this. <laughs> But, so basically, there's two other guys in prison, and they have dreams, and Joseph interprets their dreams for them. And then, basically, their dreams that he interpreted came to pass. They got released from prison. One of the guys died. He was a, the baker died, right? The baker got his head cut off. Awesome. I should have brought up a baker. Is it a baker? Sure. So, but anyway, interprets these dreams. And they both promised, they said, hey, when we get out, we'll make sure we put in a good word with Pharaoh to get you out of prison. And so, again, there's this glimmer of hope in Joseph's heart that, hey, this isn't the end. This, I'm not stuck in prison for the rest of my life. There's hope that I can get out, and there's still hope that the dream that God put in my heart can come to pass. But the person that said that they would give him, talk to Pharaoh, forgot. And for two years, Joseph, st- <laughs> yeah. Joseph just thought, what an idiot. Come on. Give me a break. <laughs> but, but for two years, again, his dream dies again. He's like, I thought I was going to get out, and his dream died in his heart. And for two years, he kept doing what God put in front of him right now, but he just probably thought, I'm never getting out of here. This is it. That wasn't really from God. He probably doubted himself. And then finally, after two years, Pharaoh actually ends up having a dream. And actually, the, that's when the other guy remembers, hey, there's this guy in prison. He could probably interpret this dream for you. And so finally, Joseph, after two years, gets called on, and he's really excited, and he starts dancing, the Macarena. No. (laughs) All right. I don't even know what to say about that. 
But Joseph's excited. He interprets Pharaoh's dream and basically said, hey, there's going to be seven years of prosperity and seven years of lack. And, uh, and Pharaoh got worried. He's like, well, what are we going to do for the seven years of lack? And God gave Joseph this master plan. And he said, hey, this is what you should do. So he tells Pharaoh the plan, and Pharaoh's like, that's an awesome plan. You're second in charge of all of Egypt. Bam. So he gets put in charge of the whole thing. They store up all this food and everything they, uh, for the famine. And then when famine comes, they were all right, and they were able to feed everybody. Joseph's brothers and family come, and they actually come to get food. Joseph recognizes them. Ultimately, he introduces them. It was kind of like a Luke Skywalker moment, like, Luke, I am your father. He was like, hey, I am your brother to all of his brothers. I don't think I need you anymore. Uh, <laughs> give it up for Joseph. But ultimately, the, the dream that God put in, in Joseph's heart came to pass. And it ended up, he ended up being able to bless his family and bless the nation. Uh, and, and ultimately, the, like I said, the dream came to pass. So let's unpack Joseph's life and see what we can see about God's will for our life as a result of it. The first thing I want you to know about Joseph's life and the will of God for your life is this, is that God's will is whatever is in front of you right now. Again, this message is called God's will is whatever. And to extend that, God's will is whatever's in front of you right now. All of us need to get that. I need to get that. I was preaching this message to my wife. This always happens. She wants me to preach to her, so I'll preach it to her. And she's like, hey, the intro was good, the conclusion was good, but the middle all stunk. Do it all over again. I get so frustrated, but I'm so thankful that she does it. I love her. Seriously, she makes me so much better. I love you. <laughs> but God's will is whatever is in front of you right now. Uh, I met a, a mentor a guy this, this year, and he made this statement that changed my life. He said, God's will is not a job. God's will is who you are, where you are. That's good stuff. Write that down. God's will is who you are, where you are. See, ministry and making a difference and making an impact for Christ is just being who God called you to be in the moment God called you to be in. Ministry is who you are, where you are. Everywhere you go is God's will for your life. You know, God's will, we always think God's will is somewhere out in the future, that, okay, God's will is out here, God's will is later, or God's year will is when I'm actually able to, to go into the mission field, or God's will is when I'm done with college, or God's will is when I get married. It's always out here. But that's not reality. God's will is always now. It's never later. God's will is always now. It's never later. God's will for your life is that you just live your life for him. You, if you want a mission field, go to your desk if you're in school. Go to your classmates. Talk to them about Christ. Live your life. All ministry is is giving other people what God's put inside of you. That's all we're really called to do. As you're growing in your walk with God and following him, he'll lead you to what you're supposed to do. And you'll make the impact that you're supposed to make. Just be who he created you to be everywhere you go. That's God's will for your life. It's what's ever in front of you right now. If you're at work right now, guess what? God's called you to work. If you're in school, God's called you to be at school. Stop focusing on what's next. God will take care of what's next if you just focus on what is right in front of you. I mean, if you look at Joseph's life, you, he could have given up a hundred times and be like, this isn't God's will for my life. But he always knew that God's will was whatever was right in front of him. When he was a slave, hey, this might not make sense to me, but I'm going to go after it as if it was God's will and still believe that God's dream in my heart will come to pass. When he was a slave, same thing. Joseph was faithful with what was in front of him right now. I'd encourage you guys to pray this prayer. I believe it's one of the greatest prayers you can pray. But it's this, God, what are you doing right now and how can I be a part of it? What are you doing right now, and how can I be a part of it? You guys are at 19 North right now. God, what are you doing at 19 North, and how can I be a part of it? Maybe he wants you to talk to somebody. Maybe you are talking to somebody after service. God, what do you want me to do in this conversation right now? What are you already doing in this person's life that I can be a part of? Maybe I can come alongside and encourage them. Maybe I can pray for them. God, what are you doing in my work life right now that I can be a part of? What are you doing in the people around me's lives that I can be a part of? God's will is whatever's in front of you right now. And God's moving all around us. He's moving in every day. You just need to see what he's doing and be a part of it. The second thing I learned from uh, Joseph's life is this, that between, that between God's promise and God's payoff, there is a process. Between God's promise and God's payoff, there is a process. 
So what does that mean? So between me being single and me walking down the aisle last August with Laura, huge process, right? How many of you guys know me and Laura and got frustrated with us at some point, or at least with me? I spent hours in Zach's office just being like, I don't know if this is God's will. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And he's like, just shut up and like love on her. Uh, seriously, huge process in between. Huge, huge process. And let me just encourage you, if you're single, this really helped me um, when I was single. It's like, hey, is it God's will for me to marry? Who am I supposed to marry? And you just freak out and get all worried. When, you know, there was a time where Laura and I broke up for a year and a half, and I was convinced it wasn't God's will for me to marry Laura. That was funny. Don't put a period where God puts a comma. Um, but I was convinced it wasn't her. So I'm like, God, am I supposed to get married? Will anyone ever fall in love with this? I don't look like Joseph. Like, how is this going to work? And, and God dealt with my heart. He knew it was a desire of my heart to get married. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord plans to prosper you and give you, uh, give you hope. Right? So God dealt with my heart. He said, Bubba, if you could fast forward your life, or Doug, if you could fast forward your life 10 years and you knew that you'd be married and married to the woman that I have called you for, called for you, or have for you, would you stop worrying about that? And I was like, Absolutely. He's just like, if it's a desire of your heart and you're seeking me, I promise you that you'll find the one and you'll get married, so stop worrying about it. Guys, that'll give you peace. Trust God. If you have a desire in your heart to get married and you're following him, guess what? You're going to get married. And if you could, It might not happen in the timing that you want, but God may need to develop some things in you so you can become the woman or the man that God needs you to be so you can marry the person that God wants you to marry. God had to develop me into the man that could actually lead Lara. And that's a huge job because Lara is a a leader. I was going to say a beast, but <laughs> I call her, when Madeline was our assistant, I called her a beast, and it just didn't go well. Um, don't call a woman a beast, but God had to develop me into the man I needed to be so I could get married. See, there was this huge process in between God's promise of me being able to get married and the actual payoff of walking down the aisle. My favorite scripture about Joseph's life is in Psalm 105, 119. And it says this, it says, until the time came, everyone say until, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. I love that. Until the time came to fulfill jo his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Until, until, until. Guys, so often we want to get so far ahead of God and we think we're ready for things we're not ready for. Guys, until Joseph was ready to be second in charge of Egypt, he wasn't going to get there. God needed to develop things in him. And we're going to kind of unpack some things he needed to, to develop. But guys, God needs to develop you. He knows where you're going, and he, you might have a dream in your heart, and that might come to pass. But God needs to do some things in between. One of my heroes is, I don't know if you know Keith Moore. He's actually in Partations next month, I believe, at this church. I can't encourage you enough to go there. But one of my favorite stories that he shares is that he was in Bible school, or um, he was working at a Bible college, and they were at a big conference meeting. And a pastor, actually, that was speaking called him out and, and had a word for him and said, hey, you're going to have your own ministry one day, and it's going to be an international ministry, and you're going to preach the word of God all over the world. And he said that that bore witness with the dream that God put in his heart, and he knew that's something that God called him to do. And he said, so what did I do? He said, so I went on and I served at the Bible school for another 20 years. Everyone say 20 years. Guys, he had this dream in his heart, and he knew he'd be doing that one day, but he served for another 20 years. Why? Because he needed another 20 years of development so he could do what he's doing today. And listen, there, there's an until in your life. For every payoff that God promises for you, there's an until that's the process in your life. And that until could be 10, 20, 30 years, depending on what area of your life it is. But our job isn't to concentrate on, on the until and how unfair we think it is or how ready we think we are. Guys, again, God wants to get you where God wants to get you more than you do. And he knows everything you need for that. So trust him with your until. God, until you bring the right person in my life, I'm going to focus on you and becoming the person you called me to be. Until, until, until. And you might say to me, well, okay, but this, this moment doesn't make sense to me. Does anyone have seasons like that where you're like, why am I going through this? This doesn't make sense. Why am I in this season? And, and it might not make sense, but I can promise you it's necessary. In Genesis 50, 19, this is actually Joseph talking to his brothers. He said, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all. Everyone say it all. 
God intended it all for good. He brought me. Everyone say, he brought me. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. I love that. What was intended for harm, God intended for good. Right? Even if it whatever, however Joseph ended up a slave and in prison, God used it for good. And when you find yourself in seasons and circumstances that don't make sense or don't seem fair, stop. I know it can be tough. Guys, I'll, I'll, I'll share a personal story in a few minutes. But those seasons could be so tough because you think your dream dies, right? Your dream dies and you're just like, this isn't fair. This doesn't make sense. And I'm sure Joseph felt like that at times as a slave in, in, in prison. But looking back, when he finally reached the payoff, he could look back and see that God was intertwined all throughout the circumstances that he may not have understood in the moment. But looking back, he, he could see the work of God in his life. And it will be the same thing in your season. You may not see what God's doing in your season right now, but when you get out of the season, you'll look back and be like, thank God you did that in my life, or thank God you let me go through that test or trial. Thank you for bringing me that, because I am better off, and I wouldn't be able to be where I am today if you had not brought me through it. Trust him in the seasons that don't make sense. Third thing that I saw in Joseph's life is this: is the, um, the God's will for you now. Everyone say now. God's will for you now is just as significant as God's will for you in the future. God's will for you right now is just as significant as God's will for you in the future. See, we so often fail to miss the significance of this season because we're so focused on the next season. Right? I mean, you hear it all throughout life. Hey, when you're in middle school, you want to be in high school, high school, college, college, work, work married, married, kids, kids, and all of a sudden you're dead. <laughs> but seriously, we get so excited about the next season that we live our entire lives and, and didn't live it at all. I should be a stand-up comedian, I guess. I'm working on <laughs> Never mind. But guys, can I just enjoy the journey? And again, I'm preaching to myself. I don't know if you're a type A personality. I, need, I have like a thousand goals. Every time Zach and I have coffee, he has to tell me to just settle down. And I should probably tell you the same thing. <laughs> but seriously, we're so excited. Man, we got to do this. We have big dreams. We have do And we're just type A, type I, type, I, type A, that we don't enjoy the season that we're in. And I heard a story from someone who I want to be like one day, my hero, John Maxwell. Right? I can't preach a sermon without mentioning John. I say, like, we're best friends. Dr. John Maxwell, but I heard him say this interview, and you know, for someone, I mean, he's 65, he's an internationally known best-selling author, he goes around and equips leaders all over the world, and he's tremendously impacted my life, and I always think, man, if I could be in a similar position where he is at 65, my life would be complete, and uh, someone was interviewing him and said, you know, you must be pretty fulfilled in life, you must be pretty happy, you're 65, you know, you have money, great family, great influence, great impact, and he said, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. I'm fulfilled. My life's pretty awesome. And I, I was like, oh, no duh, <laughs> you know. But then he said, but can I tell you something? When I was 23 and I was starting off in my first church and it was just me, my wife, and one other person in Hillham, Indiana, a community that no one's ever heard of and there was only 300 people or 1,000 people in the actual town. He goes, can I tell you that I was just as happy doing that as I am doing what I am now? And guys, that wrecked me. Because I kept saying to myself, I'll be happy when I'm doing what John's doing, right? But am I happy right now? Am I happy right where God has me? Are you content with where God has you right now? Because enjoy your life. Don't let life pass you by. And don't miss the significance of the season. You're never going to get the season back. Learn to be as happy now as you'll be then. Because if you don't learn how to be happy now, can I be honest with you? You won't be happy then. Because you'll get there and then you'll have another goal that, you know, you think will make you happy but won't. The fourth thing I learned is this, or the first fourth concept I want you to get is that God has to be greater than your dream. God is greater than your dream. Oh, okay. I put it on the PowerPoint right, but not my notes. God has to be greater than your dream. Let me ask you two questions that I hope humble you. They humbled me. One, what do you love more, your dream or God? What do you love more, the dream that God's put in your heart or the God that gave it to you? Or how about this? What if God never uses you in the way you're dreaming of him using you? Talk about a slap in the face. I actually, I was having coffee with my friend. He's a pastor. And, uh, and we were just talking about some things. And I asked him that question. And he didn't know what to say. And he's just like, how do you answer that? <laughs> and I was like, 
I'm answering right now. I don't know. I'm, I'm figuring this out as I go. It's, it's a humbling question. What if God never does, what if it never comes to pass? Is God enough? Right? Francis Chan, I think, in Crazy Love said, hey, if you get to heaven and had all the blessings of heaven but didn't have Jesus, would that be enough for you? We have to get to a place where God's enough. How many of you guys have heard of Veggie Tales? Laura loves Veggie Tales. I never watched it. I don't get it. Cucumbers, tomatoes. Isn't that a Jimmy Buffett song? <laughs> never mind. I thought it was, I don't know. <laughs> VeggieTales, right? The guy that created VeggieTales, his name was Phil Vischer. Or Ve- I don't know how to say his last name. But it was interesting. From, two, from 1993 to 2002, he led and directed and wrote VeggieTales. And then uh, in 2003, after the result of Jonah, Big Idea, the company that he created that created that, went bankrupt. And, when Vischer, and then he sold the company to Classic Media and left the company. Okay, so God started blessing this business it blew up, VeggieTales was awesome, but then all of a sudden, you know, 10 years later, it's in bankruptcy, he sells and leaves the company. And he actually talked about how his dream died. And when he reflects on this experience, he shared this quote, and I love this. He said this, after he was totally broken and his dream died, he said, at long last, after a lifetime of striving, God was enough. Not God and impact, or God and ministry, just God. I love that. At long last, after a lifetime of striving, God was enough. Not God in impact or God in ministry, but just God. And guys, got to be honest, and, and I'm preaching to myself too, and I, I really believe that until God is enough for us, that God will never use us to our full capacity because we make an idol out of the dream that he puts in our heart. We all have to get to a place where God's enough, and if God never uses me in the way I dreamed of him using me, then I'm totally content with that because I have a relationship with him, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Mark Batterson said that the impact that God has planned for us doesn't occur when we're pursuing impact. It occurs when we're pursuing God. God's will for your life won't come to pass when you're pursuing God's will for your life. It'll come to pass when you start pursuing God. Yes, he has a will for your life. Yes, he has a plan for your life. Yes, he wants that to come to pass. But if you're, not, if you're pursuing it and not him, you're missing the whole point. Learn to live in a tent. Find your identity in who God is and where he calls me. You know, I told you I'd share a personal story. I used to be on staff here at Victory. And I didn't know it at the time, but when I left, I, w- I left to help Pastor Larry plant uh, Champion Life Church. I struggled for probably six months to maybe a year with my identity and and value because all of my value and identity was wrapped up in working at Victory Family Church, right? Pretty big deal. I'm going to exaggerate this a little bit, but I mean, I didn't walk around like, man, I work at Victory Family Church. But I mean, when you're a part of a big church, and I mean, I'm sure you might feel like, hey, I'm a part of 19 North. It's an awesome thing to be a part of. And, And that's how I felt. Man, it's a part of something big. God's doing something special here. This is awesome. And when I left, I found out that my value wasn't in the God that caused all this to happen. It was in me just being here and being a part of it. And that's what my value was found in. And God had to bring me to a place where, hey, if I never am a part of a church staff that's huge, or if I never do X, Y, Z, that's okay because God's enough. I remember Pastor John always saying that he got to a place in his heart where if, if God told him to go work at like a gas station for the rest of his life and just take care of their family, he could walk away from the church and do it. And that always blew my mind. I'm like, that's crazy. You're not, you couldn't seriously do that. But guys, it's a heart issue. That's the heart that God wants us to have. God wants to get us to a place where he is enough. And when he's enough, that's when he can use us to full capacity. That's when he can use you to do everything that you're called to do and more. God's enough. Laura said this. I'm quoting you. She said, if God's not bigger than our dream, then it's not about God. It's about us. Put him first. If God's not bigger than our dream, then it's about us and not him. I love that. I want to close with, with the last point, and, and it's simply this, that God's will goes beyond you. God's will for your life goes beyond you. Another way you could say it is God's, life, God's will for your life isn't about you, ultimately. In Psalm 105, it actually, this is how Joseph's life was summarized. It said, then he, talking about God, sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, the Israelites, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. 
The Bible basically summarizes Joseph's life and his life purpose in one sentence. Even though he did all those things, it said that he was just he was sent ahead for the Israelites to Egypt. God, God's will for his life was to impact the nation, and he did. And at the end of Joseph's life in Hebrews, it, it actually says this, that by faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, right? He had a vision that one day the Israelites would break free and be on their own from Egypt. He saw that happening. Now, did that happen in his lifetime? No. He never got to see a vision that God put in his heart come to pass. And you know, when God gives you a vision, we always think it's about us, but it's not just for us. It's about generations behind us. And, and that was in Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 is, is the, the chapter about the hall of faith, right? It talks about all the great heroes of faith. Joseph's mentioned in it and all these great heroes and all the exploits that they did for God. And there's these two verses that I never got. And it made me so frustrated. But now I get them. At the end of the chapter, it says this. It says, none of these people, all the people that did great things for God, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. God had a better plan for us, that their faith and our faith, everyone say, and our faith, that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole. Their lives of faith are not complete apart from ours. I love that. Their faith is not complete without our faith. Guys, they did their part in their story. And God gave them a vision that would one day come to pass. And do you know that, that the vision he gave some of them are still coming to pass today? We're the answer to some of the things that they had in their heart hundreds of years ago. They did their part. They had their part in God's story, and God continues to write that story. And when God gives you a dream, it's not just for you. It's about generations after you. You know, Pastor John, I think two weeks ago in service, he was talking about him and Michelle, and he said, you, got, you know what? Our prayer life isn't about us anymore. We don't pray God bless us or God take care of us. We're praying for the next generation because we know that we're not far from our end, right? Another 20, 30, 40 years, they're out of here, and... and you guys, literally the next generation, are taking over, and, and they're praying for you, that the vision that God put in their hearts will come to pass in and through you guys, that they can trust that God will move and write, continue to write the story. Right after that, it goes into Hebrews 12, and it says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. Guys, let's get after this. Stop focusing on what God's going to do with you when you're 60. What does God want to do with you right now? If you don't do what he's called you to do right now, you won't see what he wants you to do when you're 60. Get focused on what he's called with you to do. You're, it, the, it ultimately isn't for you anyway. God's will for you and developing you now isn't so you can have a nice house or a nice job or a nice paycheck in 20 years. It's so that you can make the impact he wanted you to make. And you know what? The Bible summarizes essentially Joseph's life and purpose in one sentence. But that one sentence and that one life has impacted, has lasted eternity. And you know, at the end of the day, God might summarize our lives in one sentence, but the impact will last generations to come. You know, I think of Pastor John and Michelle. At the end of the day, someone might say, God used them to build a great church to do great things in the city of Pittsburgh. That might be their summary sentence. But do you know that the impact of, of them being obedient to the will of God on their life is going to last an eternity? That everyone sitting in this room is the fruit of their ministry and their decisions and their life and them doing what God told them to do in the moment? Guys, let's get a vision for what God wants to do in and through our lives. God's will for you is right in front of you. Don't miss that. I just want to pray for you, and I just pray that you just get a hold of that and just trust him. It all comes back to that. Trust that if you seek him, He'll take care of the rest. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, that you have a will for our lives. I thank you that you love us. And Lord, I just pray for everyone, Lord, who is trying to discern your will and what they're supposed to do. Lord, I just pray that you just uh, just give them a peace that surpasses understanding, Lord. Get rid of the anxieties and the fears and the stresses that come with that. And just help them to trust in you, Lord, and to just walk with you day by day. Lord, I pray that they would start to see your will revealed in, in everyday life, Lord. Lord, in the office, at school, uh, in their families, at home, and when they're out with their friends, when they're at 19 North, when they're talking after this, Lord, I just pray that you just start to show us, Lord, what you want us to do in the moment, what you're already doing in the moment, and how we can be a part of it. 
And Lord, ultimately, Lord, I pray for the call on everyone here's life, Lord, whether it's to be a businessman, an educator, in government, in ministry. Lord, I pray for the impact that you've called them to make, Lord. And I just pray that they make it in the long haul, that they won't quit, that they won't give up, Lord, that you give them the grace to develop as you want them to develop, Father, and that they would trust you in the seasons that are awesome and in the seasons that they don't understand at all and, and, and just feel like their dream died, Father. God, help them to continue through those times and seek you, Lord. And I thank you that as they do, Lord, you'll do just as you did for Joseph. You'll give them favor everywhere they go, and you'll be with them everywhere they go, and you'll, they'll be exactly where they need to be, when they need to be there, when you want them to be there. If you keep your heads bowed and eyes closed, I never want to leave a service without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Don't take it for granted. Uh, you know, I made this decision. I was in sixth grade. And uh, my camp counselor knelt down beside a bed, and he asked me if I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. He said, do you know you have, if you have a relationship? I said, I didn't. And I prayed this prayer that I'm going to ask you to pray. And Jesus came into my heart, and my life's never been the same since. You know, the Bible says that, that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us in our place so that we could have a right relationship with him. And it's not something that we can earn. There's nothing we could do to earn the love of God, to earn the salvation of God. But it's given freely to us as a gift from God. And all we have to do is literally believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead, and ask him into our hearts. And that's what I'd like to ask you to do tonight. If you're here and you'd like to make that decision, if you, if you don't know that you have a relationship with God and you want to leave here with certainty, if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. I'm not going to embarrass you, point you out, call you up here or anything like that. I'm just simply going to ask you to pray the prayer that I prayed. And everyone here will pray it with you so you don't feel like you're alone. And Jesus Christ will come into your heart, and I promise you, your life will never be the same. So if that's you and you'd say to me, Doug, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. On the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Awesome. I see that hand over there. Thank you, brother. Anybody else? It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's awesome. Anybody else? All right, let's all pray this out loud. Pray it where you can hear it. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on a cross and raise from the dead for me. Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I thank you for coming. And I thank you for making me brand new. I thank you that I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we give them a hand, guys? That's awesome. Well, uh, if, you, if you pray that prayer, I can't encourage you enough. The Bible says that actually like all, all of heaven's having a party right now because they're so excited about the decision that you made. But don't leave here without talking to someone about that decision, whether it's me, a 19 North leader, Zach. Just don't leave here. Get involved. Keep coming back, and I promise you see God do great things. Thank you guys for allowing me to speak in your life. Love you guys. Have a great night. Hey, come on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Doug. Love you, buddy. Love you, man. Love Doug like a brother. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming tonight to North tonight. Um, Scott has a couple closing announcements for us. Come on out, Scotty. Um, I just wanted to, to just personally just say thank you so much, Doug, for your great friendship, for being such a blessing for us tonight. Let's give, let's give Doug another hand. Hey, guys. Um, that was an awesome message, wasn't it? I mean, God spoke to me a lot through just things that he said. And us as 20, 30-somethings, I know that pertains to you guys, too, um, for sure. So... Uh, we have a couple things before we wrap up here tonight. Uh, we're going to take our tithes and offerings, so uh, ask the ushers to come forward. We'll pray over that real quick. Lord, thank you so much for just tonight, and thank you for just blessing us with everything, Lord. Just this this building, this church, Lord, that we could just come and hear your word, Lord. We just thank you for that and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, guys, we have a couple things. Uh, Anna spoke about it a little bit. Um, who's a Bucko fan in here? Any Pirate fans? Yeah, awesome. Well, we're getting something together for September 1st, and we need to make sure that everybody knows. We only have about a week or two to get everybody in, and you do actually have to pay here. We want to get everything wrapped up, so it's $20. We have more, more information in the back at the Hub. So if you guys are interested, please make sure you stop back there tonight before you leave, okay? And then, really, uh, Bubba or Doug really said it great. Um, he said, hey, pray that, hey, God... What are you doing here? You know, how, how can I get involved? And honestly, that could be at your workplace. 
you could really just have somebody in your heart that you really need to just reach out to, one person. That's a great way. But then also 19 North, we're trying to just get people involved here, get this place very welcoming. You know, it's going to get bigger and bigger. And you guys can help out, uh, really, even if it's once a month or whatever. Um, if you're interested in that, really want to be a part of this opportunity, stop at the Hub as well. Everything's going on the Hub. So make sure, you know, if that's on your heart, hey, I want to get involved. I want to do something for God. I don't want to just sit around. I don't want to just come to church and leave and not feel satisfied. Hey, even if it's something, you know, I don't really have a dream or I don't really know what I'm doing. Hey, it might just be this one thing that really will just carry on. It's all about God, and that, that's that's what it's all about, guys. So it's really good. So if you're interested at all, please make sure you stop at the Hub, okay? Um, we're also going to have some prayer partners at the back of the, hall, the walls as you leave tonight. So if there's anything on your heart that you're struggling with or just praises that something you just need to talk to somebody about, just don't do this life alone. Make sure you stop by um, at the end, and they'll be back there to pray for you, okay, guys? So let's pray as we get dismissed tonight. You guys can all stand as we get dismissed. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for using uh, Doug just to, to speak the truth, Lord. I know it spoke to me and I know it spoke to others, Lord. We just pray that you just work this out, your word, your truth you spoke tonight uh, throughout these weeks to come, Lord. We know it's all about you, Jesus, and we know good things and great things are going to happen, Lord, in this Pittsburgh area, and we believe that in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great night, guys. We'll see you back there.